The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What makes a successful entrepreneur? One who is constantly worried about the success of their business to the point where they don't have any time for themselves? Or one who keeps an eye on business but also makes time for the rest of their life? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn how to create an amazing, successful business and still have time for a life. Now, here's Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. Media Authority and one of our sponsors, Jess Toddfeld, helps clients to attract and secure media publicity to promote themselves and or their businesses. As part of his support for our program, Jess provides a copy of his Media Secrets book to our guests. However, our guest today is very experienced dealing with the media. In fact, you could even say now he's a film star, (laughs) but you could say he was a reluctant media star, not having deliberately chosen to be in the limelight. His favourite quote is, everything happens for a reason and a purpose. And our guest today, Dave Sanderson, happens to be the last passenger off flight US Airways 1549, which successfully ditched in the Hudson River, New York, on 15 January 2009, and which was recently made into the popular movie Sully, starring Tom Hanks. Welcome, Dave. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Same here, Shirley. It's an honour to be with you likewise. (laughs) And I'm just noticing that you're coming up for an anniversary if the anniversary is coming up very quickly, it'll be eight years. It's going to been a very quick eight years. Wow, wow. Dave, I recently saw the movie, Sully, before I left Australia for the US, and I don't think I breathed during the entire show. And never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I'd be interviewing one of the real-life survivors, so it's a huge honour for me today. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be here, and I'm honoured to be able to share some of the stories, some of the things that happened that day with you in the audience. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to be talking about your experience, of course, and how you were able to deploy what you had learned over the past 30 plus years in sales and sales management, 10 years being on and leading Tony Robbins' security team, and the precepts that enabled you to become a top producer in some of the largest sales organisations in the world, including ADP, BMS, KPMG, Cyber, PeopleSoft and Oracle, and ultimately enabled you to survive that plane crash. And, of course, we're talking about what you call mission-focused leadership and, in particular, a new communication approach to create instant rapport, how to lead with certainty during times of crisis, and you're going to give us a unique tool for turning your customers and employees into raving fans. Dave, you're also a published author, and your new book, Moments Matter, describes how one moment in time can change your entire life purpose very poignant for our audience of business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders and managers. So Dave, I have to ask, when faced with that decision to leave or to stay, how did you make the decision to do the right thing? Well, Shirley, thank you for that. My my initial game plan 
was get to the aisle, get up, and get out. It was it was nothing pre-planned. But when I got to the aisle, something happened to me that only changed that day, but probably changed my direction of where I was going to go. And it was my mother who had passed away in 1997. I heard her talking to me and saying something to me that she said when I was just a child. And what she said to me was, "If you do the right thing, God will take care of you." And one of the great things about my mother, Shirley, is she would never tell you what to do. She would give you the make the choice. Uh-huh. And hopefully the choice that you made was the right choice. So that you know, I, I always took care of the team. I was I grew up playing sports and athletics and it was always about the team. So that's why I went towards the back of the plane to see if anybody needed help and there was a couple people that needed some assistance and once we got that those folks out, I started making my way up the aisle and now you gotta remember the the bins are broken open after the impact. Water is about waist deep. It was dark, so every time you took a step, you hit something, you know, whether you're hitting a body or a piece of luggage, and all of a sudden, I went out 10F on the right side, but when I got there, it was an amazing sight. There was no room on the wing for me and no room on the boat for me, but it was oh. an amazing sight. People were already being rescued, and that's how I stayed on the plane, waist deep in 36-degree water for about eight minutes until uh, it was my time to go. Wow. I, and, and I'm getting used to the temperatures in the U.S. and 36 degrees Fahrenheit. That, that's cold. <laughs> Very it's cold. It's cold. It's about a little bit over zero in Celsius. That's correct. Yes. Wow. You know, I had goosebumps then when you were talking about uh, hearing your mum and um, doing the right thing and God will take care of you. It's, uh, yeah, that's, that's just a, a wonderful message. So, Dave, uh, some people go into PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, when faced with a crisis situation, but you experienced growth. Firstly, can you explain what that is, PTSD, and then how were you able to experience growth? Well, that's that's a great question. That's actually the topic I'm going to be talking about in my new upcoming TED Talk is, you know, one of the benefits surely I get to have is when I speak around the world, I get to... You know, I get to visit people and talk to people, and there's a lot of times when I speak with people, I find out that, you know, they've gone through a traumatic life event, such as I did, whether it's a fire, a flood, a health scare, an avalanche. I just spoke to a young lady in Canada who went through an avalanche, and a lot of folks come out, you know, in a depressed state, And but I kept asking myself, well, why didn't I? I was told I was going to have depression. I was told I was going to have therapy, but I didn't. I said, what's the difference between me and them? And I started putting the pieces together of how I could help people who've been through a traumatic life experience. And what I find is it's it really comes down to two things. Um, and the way I, I, PTSD is how, you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder when a lot of folks who not only go through a traumatic experience have it, but especially people who come back from, from a war or armed forces situation who have faced some tragedy in their life and it's because they keep asking a disempowering question of themselves or what they focus on and usually the question they keep reiterating to themselves is why did this happen to me this always happens to me and they keep saying that over and over so they they, they, they so deep into it they can't dig themselves out therefore they go into a depressed state or PTSD the question I ask myself the way I managed that was how can I add even more value and enjoy the process? And that was the difference. Because the first part is adding value. You can add value all day long, but if you're not enjoying the process, you're not going to grow. 
Uh-huh. And as soon as I as soon as I started changing my internal dialogue, it changed to what I focused on, and then I could start talking to people about changing their internal dialogue and trying to get them out of the, that PTSD or that depressed state, and that that changed everything for uh-huh. me. Um, and so the, it's the way you manage your state, and the second thing is the meaning you attach to something. And I learned this from Tony Robbins years ago when I was with Tony, and it's you know people uh, you know. It's all the, the meaning you attach to something produces the emotion of your life. And emotion is your life. Uh-huh. And what you find out is meaning equals emotion and emo- emotion equals life. So therefore, it's all the thing, how you, what do you attach to that meaning is fixing out what kind of state or how you're going to feel. So if you, can, if you can change the way you're questioning yourself and change the approach of giving yourself positive, empowering questions instead of demoralizing questions, all of a sudden, you can really change the destiny where you're going to and get out of that depressed state. And that's how I did it, and that's how I help people do it now. Wow. That, that's absolutely fascinating, and uh, I really resonate with that. And so those two things that you were saying is uh, not to focus um, on disempowering questions, rather how can I add even more value and enjoy the process? And I, I think that they're really important points there. Um, what you've also said there is that, Meaning is equals emotion equals life, and um, right. yeah, wow, that 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 in itself is empowering. So, listeners, I want you to to get that. You know, just think about yourself for a moment, and are you asking yourself empowering or disempowering questions? What's your internal dialogue? And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's gold in itself, Dave. So. <laughs> well, well. I didn't come up with it. I just I just put it into practice, and that's the second part. Is you can you can know how you know all this information, but unless you take action and put it into practice, you don't get anything out of it. So that's the second part. Of what I did to answer your questions, I actually did what I thought. I actually walked my talk, yep. um, and that's the second part of it. Yep. So so um, how, when you're working with your organizations and leaders, and you you're talking and training people, then um, how do you see them applying that either to their business or to their leadership roles? Well, that's a great question. I just got done speaking with a leadership group of a very large organization in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I had this discussion with their leadership, their executive team. Uh, one of the questions that I, I, I get is, you know, okay, you know, this sounds good, but how do you put it into place? So I give them a story of what happened when I met General Norman Schwarzkopf, who who was the four-star general who led the American troops in the first Iraq conflict. Uh-huh. And I got to, I was in Hawaii, I got to meet him, and I was escorting him, and I asked him a question, and, and he, I asked him the question, is, how did you win the war so quickly? And he gave me his pat answer, and I, tell, I, tell, I told them, I told everybody, everybody's got their pat answer. After you get, after you get questioned about a thousand times, you get pretty good at the answer. Uh-huh. But then I followed up with him. I said, well, how did you really win it? He sort of looked at me because he said, no one ever asked a general a second question. <laughs> And, you know, and I, and I was like, I felt, first I felt small, but he said, I'll answer. And he said, you know, every day I had to get people focused on the mission. I, every, every day in Saudi Arabia, I had people come to me with their problems, such as women couldn't drive tanks. Women had to cover their heads. Everybody had to pray five times a day. And I kept reminding people of the mission of well, how does that contribute to kicking Saddam out of Kuwait? Uh-huh. He said every day I had to reinforce the mission, and the second part he said I had to ch- have people check their egos at the door. 
everybody in, he said everybody wants to be the hero. Sometimes you have to step back and let the person with the best skill set do what they need to do to get the job done. And when I shared that with this organization in Minneapolis, I think a lot of people's eyes got big because first they know about their mission and because someone writes their mission statement down for them in a company, but the second part was really a challenge for them is they want to be the everyone wants to be a hero and seeing how that significance. But uh -huh. sometimes, like on the plane, I use the plane as the example. There are people on that plane who are leaders, CEOs of companies. But there are other people on that plane who knew how to do things probably a little bit more effectively than they did. And everybody who checked their egos at the door let the best person do what they needed to do at that moment in time. And ultimately, you got a miracle. And therefore, and that's when, when you have surely 155 people who did not know each other, who did not care about each other, pull together. Just think if you had everybody who knew each other and cared about each other and did that, mm. what you could accomplish. And that's that's the sort of the message I give when I talk to organizations about leadership and teamwork. It's and I use the plane as a as a symbol around that because it's a case study for for a case study for teamwork and leadership. Well, definitely that's right. And and if you think about it, if if you had gone down the aisle and it was every man for himself, gosh, you know that would have in my mind probably toppled the plane and everybody would have gone. It could have been a real disaster at that point because there's two parts of that situation. The first part. Captain Silverberger and Captain Scales get all the credit. They got the plane down, which was a miracle in itself. Mm -hmm. But the second part was all about the team, uh, about people pulling together and doing the right thing, and not uh, and not st stepping over people and not getting going to a chaotic state. So the second part was it was all about the team, including the crew and the passengers. So mm -hmm. it, it was, it's it's an amazing case study if you want to dissect of all the little things that happened on that plane that day. Great. All right. Well, look, well, let's have a quick break here and listen to a couple of our sponsors and then come back and let's talk about some of the training that you've done that did allow you to do what you did that day. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea deal business lifestyle shirley dalton's guide five simple steps to business freedom is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives you can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com 
you'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. And we're talking here with Dave Sanderson, the last passenger off that flight that landed or ditched, whatever you want to say, in the Hudson River in January 2009. And one of the biggest takeaways that Dave has given us today is focusing on your empowering questions, how you can add even more value and enjoy the process, and, of course, taking action and walking your talk. And one of those things Dave said was that it was the teamwork that enabled everybody to survive and checking your ego at the door. So, Dave, what I also want to ask you is what kind of training did you have that allowed you to do what you did that day? Well, well thank you. So I, I, people ask me all the time when I had military experience, and I haven't. I, I, I look back at all, all the things, and that's how the, the name Moments Matter came up for the book, because I look back at all the moments in my life that all of a sudden mattered that I never thought that mattered. It came into play that day. So the training that I had is primarily with when I was with Tony and all the sales training and personal development training that I invested in myself all those 30 years before I did that. Mm-hmm. This happened. But uh, I also went back to the events of when I was a youth, and I'll give you one example. I mean, I shared this uh, in a blog I just recently wrote that all of a sudden it sort of popped into my head. It was back, uh, back when I was 12 years old and I was in Boy Scouts. I was going for the Order of Arrow Award. And which is a, a more basically to that you know, you become a, you know experienced and specialized in camping and all the things being outside and you can basically handle yourself mm-hmm. you know outside. And I was 12 years old and my dad dropped me off with a bunch of other kids and about 60 miles from where we lived and I see said I'll see you in three days. And here I am by myself, 12 years old, not knowing anybody. And and there's a set of th- sort of actions that you have to take to win or earn the award. And one of those things was, and it's in the middle of the night, you didn't get to sleep. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, we had to cross a river with our backpacks to get to the other side so we could do the next action, the next you know, skill set that we had to accomplish. So in the middle of the night, I jumped in the water with my backpack and my clothes on, swam to the other side, and got out and went, went on with that. So I said, I said, well, that's not that big of a deal. But then I looked back what happened at the plane, where I had to, when the plane I felt was going down, because of, you know, I've been there eight minutes and it was sinking, I had to jump in with my clothes on and swim to the closest boat that I could find, which was at the end of that wing in 36-degree water. And I, I look back, I was like, maybe that one, one day, that training, that one moment I had back when I was 12, training gave me the certainty that I could pull this thing off. And because I had no fear at that point. I was just going for it. And maybe that one moment, so that's what I, I tell people. It's like all these moments that you never think that you're going to add up, maybe – you're put in that situation for a reason, and all of a sudden, you know, 10, 20 years from now, that one thing might save yourself or save somebody else. 
And that's the training that I had were those kind of things as I grew up. And I put myself in situations like that that essentially helped me play out that day to do what I had to do. Mm. And that and that's absolutely fascinating. And um, you were talking before about uh, people asking you if you've been military trained. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went to Vietnam and we were going on a boat down the Mekong River, and they were telling us, you know, about what the <coughs> young um, eighteen-year-old uh, soldiers had to go through, walking through these rivers with their um, guns and things above their head and there would be snakes and snipers and all sorts of things and I, I just can't imagine how terrifying that would be and here you are at the age of 12 you're putting yourself in a similar situation at midnight can't see anything and you're crossing a river with a backpack but <laughs> as you say it could well be the thing that saved your life I love it that's right and and you know I I have never I think I was proficient at swimming, so I had a certainty that I could pull this thing off. And there's a lot of people in that plane that didn't know how to swim, which was another whole other part of the story. So I think that's why the answer your question is, is is that training through your whole life one day. And what I talk about in my talks now is everybody in their life will have their own personal plane crash in their life somewhere. Something's going to happen. And it's how all these things you learn it will give you the strength in that uncertain time to be certain to be able to pull it off. And that's what uh, is part of my whole message. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing that word certain and certainty uh, quite a lot in in your answers today. And uh, um, what I'm hearing there is that if you if you have that feeling of certainty, it's that feeling of confidence. Then, as you said, you go for it. And that's what people are looking for right now, especially in the United States. It's that's why things are playing out because there's so much uncertainty. And what I've realized and what I've learned is person with the most certainty in uncertain times all of a sudden becomes the leader and it may be the lowest private it might be the general you don't know somewhere in between but it's that person with the certainty in uncertain times and that's why you saw maybe how this political situation played out in the United States mm -hmm. because you saw someone with certainty and people were attracted to certainty mm -hmm. yes Okay, well, and talking of um, leadership, because you don't get a higher position than, than the President of the United States, we also want to talk about a, a phrase that you use called mission-focused leadership. So can you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. That, that came initially from my, my questions and my discussion with General Schwarzkopf, but then it's, it really came into play, Shirley, 10 years later, because that when I met General Schwarzkopf was 1999, uh -huh. and then at the plane crash in 2009, I was in the green room. Uh, I think it was Good Morning America. When, that's the first time I ever met Captain Sullenberger, uh -huh. and I approached him and said, yeah, "Thank you, thank you, and all this." And I said, "Can you, you got to tell me something? How did you pull this thing off?" <laughs> right? I, was like, I mean, I mean, I, I love learning. How do people do these things? And he told me. So he looked at me. He said. He said, I had a mission, and the mission was getting that plane down with zero fatalities. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I started thinking, like, well, I heard the same message from General Schwarzkopf. I heard it from Captain Summer, so successfully excludes, so let's put all these things together. And what I found, sort of realized, is leadership is all about setting the direction and the mission for people and, and letting them execute, letting the right people execute and setting the vision. Uh, and that's where mission-focused leadership, my workshop and my talk came in, is about these, these certain traits around learning the you know, sensory acuities you know, how to communicate with people how to 
you know, the six human needs were what drives people and all these little things that leaders figure out and how to push the right buttons at the right times to get the outcomes that they're desiring. So that's what the, how mission-focused leadership came into play. Mm. And uh, so what you're saying there is that um, both through uh, General Schwarzkopf and also through Captain Sullenberger was that they, they were so focused on the mission and that was to, to pull it off. And you were saying that Schwarzkopf was saying that he had to remind people of the mission. And I think what you're saying there and what... Um, really does distinguish the great leaders is those who are clear on the mission and then what you said then about communicating that mission and then also what I heard but you didn't use these words is stepping away you know getting out of the way and the, and Correct. letting the people execute that you did use that word and you saw that happen during the election cycle because what was uh, President-elect Trump says make America great again he set the mission Mm -hmm. A mission that was, was, short, was articulate, short, people could remember it, and he started talking about how, how we're going to do this together as a team. So, you know, it's just not me. And so that started resonating with people. And I think that was a, one of the determining factors on how this whole thing really came out the way it did. And that just reminded me then of another former president of yours uh, was uh, John F. Kennedy with the mission to put a man on the moon. And, I mean, that inspired the world, not just the country. Correct. Yeah. He set the, he set the mission and then gave NASA the, uh, the tools to do it and checked in when he needed to check in, but it was totally, uh, totally executed. So you're exactly right. He was... Yeah, he was a, a hero to a lot of people, a lot of a lot of us. And because I was a big nut for, yeah, you know, I love the space program, and I probably would never known about it unless that mission was put out there. Mhm. Mm yeah. So I just want to check in with our listeners here, Dave, and and that is if you're uh, you know leading and managing, or you're in business or an entrepreneur, do you have your mission? And do your team know the mission? Are you focusing them on it? You know, is your organization and yourself really based on mission-focused leadership? Hmm. Well, that, that's a great question. And, and yeah, the qu answer to the question is yes. Uh, we have a mission and I have a mission. And people who work with me are, understand the mission and everything we do is focused on that mission. Because one of the things I've learned, and I wasn't this way all my life, sure, I'm not saying I've been this way all my life. I, it's developed and evolved, but you know, congruency is something that people are really, really attracted to. And congruency, you know, you walk your talk, like I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, the one thing that I find out from people is, are you really doing what you say you're doing, or are you just blowing smoke? Mm -hmm. And you know, because I'm looking for people who are congruent, because congruency will carry the day. Mm -hmm. And even whether people agree with you or not agree with you, at least they'll respect you. So in my in my organization, everybody knows that uh, what my, the mission of the organization is, and and every day I try to get people focused out. There are times, as you know, things go sideways, and you got to adjust and adapt. Mm -hmm. But it always comes back to you know serving the serving our customers, serving our potential clients, and uh, being able to communicate effectively and articulately with them so they they can achieve their outcome. Because I you know I want to question is how can I add even more value and enjoy the process with them likewise. And I love that. How can you add even even more value and enjoy the process? And so this is coming up and again and again as another theme. And it, it reminds me, I was uh, talking with another guest recently on the show and 
he's evolved in his business from uh, one industry to another, but at the core of it is always what's the experience for the customer. You know, it's never about the number of sales or anything. It's always about how is that customer feeling. And that's and the one thing I, I focus my folks on, and it's one of the things that I, it's one of those tools that I tell people about is you have to service your customers like your company's life depends on it. And that's and that's that's what I really uh, try to get to. It's one of those tools I try to impart on my uh, on the team folks that I work with. Yes, definitely. Okay, well, I think it's time for another quick break. Stay with us because when we come back, we want to now look at the, the theme that has also been coming up through today, and that is certainty. So how do you lead with certainty during times of crisis? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. 
Welcome back, everyone. Wow, we are so honoured today. We are talking with Dave Sanderson, who survived the um, the ditching in the Hudson all those years ago. And we've been talking today about mission-focused leadership. And, and I'm asked Dave, and I'm also asking you listeners, what's it like in your business? Do you have a mission? Are you focused on it? Are you focusing the team on it? And then are you getting out of the way and allowing people to execute? So that's something that I really want you to ponder on. And now, Dave, we also want to know what can leaders, sorry, how can leaders lead with certainty during times of crisis? Because if you're in business uh, or if you're dealing with teams, invariably there's going to be a crisis. Most definitely. And, and if you've seen the movie Sully, I think, I'll give you an example from the movie that I actually talk about, about you know how to lead with certainty. Uh, if you've seen the movie and you notice that they show parts of Captain Sully's life, uh -huh. um, there's this thing called mental modeling. And it's basically what happens is when you have no clue on what to do, you're, if you're, you're facing that time when you have no idea on what how to handle something, you basically mentally model yourself sometime in the past where you've done something similar. So if you remember the movie, as you saw his life transpire when he grew up learning how to fly, and then you saw the second thing is he's learning how to fly the, the jet fighters in the Air Force. Uh -huh. He That day going down, he had no clue. And he, he said it. He had no clue. Who has ever been put in that situation before? He had to put himself in a mental bottom. This is what pilots do especially well, especially well, is they go back to the, all their training and sometime in the past when they've had a similar situation and they could put themselves in that state of mind and then go visualize very quickly on how to, how to approach that problem. So leading with certainty is part of mental modeling and that's what you know I do because there's times, Kaylin, I face a lot of times in my life that I am, think I've never faced that problem before. How am I going to do it? Well, the first thing I remind myself is I'm not the first guy probably to ever face this. And second, I, I just talked about in that time I was swimming across the river with the backpack. I put myself in a mental modeling approach where, okay, I've handled something like this. What are the steps that I did to overcome and accomplish this? And all of a sudden, I'm leading, maybe leading with a different, you know, with certainty. Now I can give people certainty in that uncertain time. That, you know what? I've sort of done this before. You know, let me take over. Let me run with this thing. And all of a sudden, you pull it off. And it all comes in that one word again, put yourself in that certain state. And it comes from mental, I talk about mental modeling. Yes, and I was just thinking as you were saying that um, there was a, a time when I decided that uh, on my bucket list was to jump out of an aeroplane, you know, to do a skydive. And and the thing for me I that really rocked me was that I had no control over anything. I, there was nothing I could hang on to. I only had to cross my arms over myself onto my shoulders and and just hope for the best. You know, the, the person that I was strapped to was the one that pushed us out of the plane. He was the one that made us tumble. He was the one that pulled the cord. And I was thinking as you were saying that, I had no certainty in that time because I had no experience, nothing. There was no mental modelling I could do. But now... I, if I find myself in a situation where I think, oh, I've got no control, I go, oh, hang on a minute, yep, I have been here, it's going to be okay. So I, I really get what you're saying there. And it's, it's interesting you say that because as you were saying that, I was thinking back at something I said once in one of my talks is when you're going down in a plane crash, certainly I don't know if anybody here in the audience has 
ever been in. I'm sure somebody has. And what you realize is you have no control over anything. <laughs> you don't control anything, but you can control your way you think, what your mindset is, and your state. And that's what I tell people. If if all else fails, manage your state and put yourself and say, you know what? Okay, things don't look good, but there's got to be a way out of this. And your mind starts. As soon as you ask yourself a different question, you get different answers. So. I understand because uh, that last minute, Shirley, we were going down after we crossed over the Hudson, into the Hudson over the George Washington Bridge. Uh-huh. I was saying prayers, but my whole life was flashing before me. I, I had no control except for the questions I was asking myself, and that's what sustained me at that moment until I could make my next call and getting out of the plane. Yes, and and that reminds me of Dr. Viktor Frankl and his work on logotherapy when he was um, in the prison camps, you know, during the war, and he was saying that, you know, you don't have much control over anything, what they do to you, what they feed you, what uh, you wear, but you do have that control in your mind. And I love that you brought that up because I think it's a really important concept for people to remember um, so, gee, we've got a, lots and lots of great concepts here today. You know, the the certainty, the mental modelling, how to approach the the problem. I've been through this before, and if I haven't, asking myself different questions to get different answers, and then how to manage your own state. So, something else that you've talked about too, as I was doing my research for today, is you're talking about a new communication approach to create instant rapport. And I'm figuring that that would have been pretty important in creating team. You know, you were, you were talking about how everybody worked together as a team uh, rather than fighting each other to get off the plane. It all worked really well. I'm guessing that you needed to get some instant rapport. That's correct. And I there's really two different kind of tools that I... I learned and I used and I used that day and I continue to use. First is, and I write about this in my book, Moments Matters, about the about sensory acuity. And one thing that I learned, and it took me a while, it came like hit me in the face of my relationship with my wife. And there's you know, there's three primary modalities that people reside in and communicate in: a visual modality, an audio, or a, you know. Hearing mentality, modality, and a kinesthetic—the way you feel or touch—and uh-huh. what really popped out, and when I started realizing and putting this into play, was with my relationship with my wife. Where my wife is a high auditory person; she could talk for 30 minutes uh-huh. and not take a breath. <laughs> but I'm a visual—I'm a visual communicator. You know, I—I've got give me 30 seconds, and I got it. You don't have to explain the whole world to me; I can get it. And all of a sudden, you can imagine being in a relationship, and you got an auditory and a visual, and you know, it's driving me crazy. You yep. know, I'm probably driving her crazy because I'm going to interrupt her all the time. Say, I got it. <laughs> so once I realized that, I just, and now I know that she needs to talk again. I let her talk, and all of a sudden, my relationship changed with her. Mm-hmm. So that day on the plane, and what I did in sales in my all those years, 30 years in business, is uh, I uh, try to find quickly what modality that person resides in and communicate in their modality which helped me build rapport very, very quickly. So if I knew that they were, I could ask a couple of questions, and they used the word, I see what you're saying, or I hear what you're saying, or I, you know, I feel what you're, you're saying. Also, I picked up on those words and know exactly how they're communicating. So now I'm going to feed it back to them. I'm going to mirror it back to them. The second thing is, is there's two questions I would always ask a new relationship. And I sort of hinted at this earlier. Is one was, you know, what's most important to you? And second, was, is what has to happen for you to realize that? 
And you know, when I was when I was in sales, and as soon as I started using those two questions, when I started building rapport with people, they became raving fans because they knew that I was focused on what was in it for them, not for me. And all of a sudden, you know, I now I'm communicating in their modality. I now am focused on what's most important to you, and I want to know what has to happen. And if I know what has to happen, I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so I have certainty I can make it happen. I'll see you put those two things together, and you can solve people's problems. And now they become raving fans. And that's that's the communication tools that I use and still use today uh, to be able to hopefully build rapport quickly and uh, help uh, help grow my business and help other people grow their business likewise. Okay. And something else that I've heard there is that in order for you to do that, you must be listening because, you know, people will give you the clues as you say, oh, I hear you say that or I see that. Um, but I'm going to argue a little bit there, Dave, and say a lot of people wouldn't even pick that up because they're not listening. That's right. That's correct. And listening is the second part, which took me a long time to figure out because, like I mentioned with my wife, she was an auditory, and at their times I always put her on the mute button and let her talk for 30 minutes. You know, and, you know, and it's like I wasn't listening. But all of a sudden I said, okay, I'll listen. And let me focus in on her message so then I can feed it back to her. An auditory say, I hear what you're saying and confirm it. And all of a sudden, I got this to report with my wife, and I might get dinner tonight. So, you know, it's just, it, it changed my total relationship, and now we're going on 30 years this year. So, oh, it's changed everything. Well, well, we're almost there. We haven't got there yet, but we're, it's, we're heading that direction. But thank you. Yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something that I think we all need to be reminded about with that in, in developing the rapport with people is that you've given a couple of really good nuggets there, again, of gold, and that is that um, it's it's about the other person. So, so you're listening to see what communication modality, whether it's visual, auditory or kinesthetic, and then you're changing the way that you communicate to fit with the other person. And then you're saying from your sales where you ask what's the most important thing to you and what has to happen to get that, and then you work out how you can make that happen. So, yes, you're solving people's problems and then they become raving fans, but you're actually focusing on them and you're listening to them uh, rather than focusing on yourself. And the change that would happen to me, and I got in trouble with this a little bit with my former company because once you do that, you become the at your you're part of their team and you become an advocate for them in your company, which is what you would think the company would want you to be, mm-hmm. is, you know, an advocate. But some companies would just rather go for the bottom line and not worry about all this fluff stuff. And that's where sometimes I would run into some issues with my management because they just, just get, we need to get this number instead of what's in it for them because they're going to be a raving fan with me for 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the other part of that and the third part is, I always focus on becoming the advocate uh, for my and my for my clients in whatever area I was, and all of a sudden it uh, it changed my relationships with them. Wow, that's that's a pretty powerful thing. So again, to our listeners, did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. Becoming an advocate for your clients, and if you've got a team, and particularly a sales team, that might be something that you want to talk about in your weekly meeting this week about uh, who people are actually advocating for. 
so um, we were looking, uh, we've mentioned in the introduction, Dave, that you promised a, a tool, a unique tool for turning your customers and employees into raving fans. I'm wondering whether that's it, and you can answer this okay. when we come back. Okay. Okay, so stay with us. We'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your ideal business lifestyle. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. Wow. If you're a leader or a manager, we are giving you gold today. Well, I'm not giving you gold. Dave Sanderson is giving you gold. We're talking about mission-focused leadership and what you can do in times of crisis to lead with certainty. And then Dave promised us that he'd share a unique tool for turning your customers and employees into raving fans. And just before the break, we talked about sensory acuity. So working out whether a person's modality for communication is visual, auditory or kinesthetic, and then adjusting your communication style to meet theirs. 
We also talked about two questions that Dave asks people, particularly when he was in his sales role. What's the most important thing to you and what needs to happen to have that for you? And then becoming an advocate for your clients. And remember, listeners, I um, encouraged you to think about that and to maybe even put that into your sales team meetings this, this week. Dave, is that it? Was that the answer to the question or is there something else? Well, I think there's something else. Number four was, I think, was one of the things that changed my my business career around, and is when I learned this concept of what's called the six human needs. And, and there's six. Everybody in their life has six primary needs, which is first one is the need for certainty, which we talked about a little bit. But the other side of that is the need for uncertainty. And you sort of referenced that earlier, Shirley, when you said you you know one of your goals was to jump out of a plane. Because uh, you were probably going a little bit of variety in your life because you had so much certainty going on. Mm-hmm. You would, uh, so that those two of the primary needs. The third primary need is the need for love and or connection uh, with people. People just need to have that. They need to have that connection point. But the other side of that equation is is the significance, the importance. People you know, want to be seen as important. Why do you think Facebook and all these social media? Because people also want to put out that they're important. But how can you be important and have connection with somebody because they're going to be important? Uh-huh. So those those are, once again, sort of opposites, but they're a need everybody has. But the two sort of global needs that everybody has that really should take you to that next level is the need for growth and the need for contribution and giving back. Now, out of those six needs, when I, once I started realizing and researching this, is everybody has one primary need which when, when the time of crisis or that moment comes in their life, when they're faced with something, they're going to revert back to that primary need. And Kenley, when I was in college and young, my primary need was the need for significance. I never felt that I was enough. Uh-huh. And But what was, that, what was causing that is a reaction from other people. Maybe you not want to be around me because it was always about me. Uh-huh. So once I realized this, I, I put in play in this tool with my clients one of the things I wanted to find out is, is what, what their primary need was they're focusing in on. And I just ask them, what's most important? When I say, what's most important in your life? And they're going to sort of reveal that. Well, you know, I need to, need to make sure that my boss sees this as this project's going to be done and done on time. They're looking for certainty. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden now I'm driving everything I'm going to talk about. Every part of my messaging will be around certainty. Or I, I want to make sure this my organization will grow in the future. And this this will be established. It'll be here 20 years from now. All of a sudden, they're looking for for growth and contributions. And I, everything I'm talking about is that. Once I realized that that one little that one little tool right there, and I find out what's the driving need for that person, uh, each one in the organization I can call, talk to. Then I can I can organize my messaging to be effective and what's focused on them, not for me. So it's. Um, it's 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 amazing tool. Once you learn it, all of a sudden you become not only one raving fan in the company, but you have multiple people. And once you have multiple people in the company that are working on your behalf and want you to be a part of their team, mm-hmm. the sale is almost done. All you got to do is now just make sure your company understands you know, how important it is. And that's the other part of the equation. So that's the, the secret tool that I always use when, uh, when we get down to uh, push comes to shove. Okay, so that secret tool is finding out what the primary need is out of the six primary needs. That's, yeah. that's correct. Okay, and so you're listening to what they're saying and you're also asking people questions to to really find that out. But you're not going up to them and saying, hey, Dave, what's tell me, what's your primary need? Yeah. 
Nope. No one understands that. <laughs> but what, you say, what's most important to you? And listen. And as you would tech, and surely you were very astute. Listen, listening to the answer. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you know, I hear what you're saying. I see. So you hear, hear the, the sensory acuity and the other side, what's the driving them? And they're and all of a sudden related to one of those six needs. And then put all your messaging and whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to accomplish to that. Because that will subliminally begin in their mind that, hey, this guy relates to me. Uh-huh. He understands that, you know, he understands that I can I gotta look good in front of my boss. He's gonna give me certainty that I'm gonna do that. And I'm not gonna get fired because of this project. Uh-huh. And it's amazing. It's amazing once you, you use all these tools and start putting them together. Mm. So, so Dave, uh, talking about certainty and uncertainty, you've successfully transitioned through a number of careers. What's next for you? Well, I've moved. I've, I've left my my company, Oracle, and I had a great career there. But you know, now I'm speaking, but really just growing my little company. You know, from just being a speaking and, and writing books, I have more books that I'm going to be writing. But uh, develop some more products around all this. In developing my workshops for organizations, I see there's so many so many organizations are looking for some of these things we talked about, but mm-hmm. they're looking for leaders and lead, the vacuum of leadership right now. And how do you pull how did you pull 155 people pull together to do something like this? What's the strategies behind that? So really building my company, but then transitioning, you know, is is managing my time more effectively, so I have more time for my family, which is another whole another part of the job. And, and growth is because that's one thing I, I unfortunately neglected for so many years. So uh-huh. those are really the two things I'm I'm really focused on, and uh, I'm really excited about being able to do both of them. Okay, and and if people are wanting to get in touch with you to find out more about what you're creating or your leadership or your speaking engagements, because you mentioned that you're doing a TED talk shortly, where can they find you? Oh, well, thank you. I, I if you go to my website at davesandersonspeaks.com. There's a contact button. You contact me. I will interact with you directly. You can get some of the uh, books and other things from that. But one thing I've, 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 I'm focused on is if you contact me directly through that way, I will personally interact back with you. The second way is through Facebook on my page, Dave Sanderson Speaks. Mm-hmm. That's where I leave some of the big messages that are going on. Twitter, my handle is Dave Sanderson, too. And those are my, like, my daily bits of wisdom that uh, maybe are wise, maybe they're not, but at least I put them out. Uh-huh. But the third way, fourth way is LinkedIn, where I give these business nuggets that I'm talking about, uh-huh. uh, these strategies, and where I, I, I will blog and share with you in detail the backstories. And that's the last thing I'll leave with you is the one thing that people never understood until the movie came out is all these backstories about what happened on that plane that day. Uh-huh. The backstories is where, as we found out in the movie, is where all the real action is. Yes. Everybody knows the story of the plane went down, but tell me the backstory, and all of a sudden it comes to life. And that's so, uh, you know, developing, helping people understand the backstories of these areas is something that uh, I reveal on LinkedIn and on my, and on my website. And you were mentioning that uh, there was one backstory where you actually yelled at somebody, which I find really hard to um, believe because you're so polite. Um, well, I was hanging out of the plane, wasting in 36-degree water. There was just a lady who was holding on to a baby in the middle of the wing, and she wasn't moving, and so no one behind her on the wing was moving either. So all my training, like I mentioned, you know, I, the sensory acuity, I knew that she was stifled, so I yelled at her. I yelled, throw the baby, throw the baby. And candidly, I knew she wasn't going to throw her baby, but that's so radical. Mm-hmm. That she, sort of, she looked up and she's looking at me like, what? <laughs> but then there was a lady on the lifeboat who was a mother of three, I found out later, 
looked up and said, give me the baby, give me the baby. She gave her the baby, jumped on the lifeboat, and all of a sudden you see people walking down a wing to the ferry. Uh-huh. And I just I think I think what happened is she got so stifled and so scared. Some you have to some when you have when people get in that state, surely you have to do something radical to break them out of it. And you know, what's more radical than throwing your baby when right in the middle of a plane crash? <laughs> There's not much more things radical we can do. No. And so that's uh, that's what got her attention. That's what took action. And and I was uh, I was just honored to be able to meet her and, and help her and all of us that day. Yeah, fantastic. That gave me goosebumps as I was listening to that. Goodness, Dave, it's such a pleasure talking with you today. Thanks so much. What you went through was remarkable and even more remarkable is how you've used that experience to change yours and thousands of others' lives around the world for the better. That's all we have time for today. Yes, you're welcome. That's all we have time for today. So as always, I encourage you listeners to implement what Dave has shared with you today so that you too can continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, relax just a bit and have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll see you here for the next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.